This year, 2020, the U.S. Census will be getting underway. Among other things, the Census will determine how many representatives each state sends to Congress. But who gets elected to fill those seats may be gerrymandered, with electoral maps drawn to favor candidates based on political party. I think there's a really interesting moment to look uh, systemically at the way we do different levels of election in the country and to think about changing the rules to comport better with the ideals that we want to have in place. If proportionality is a goal, we should write it into the rules. On this episode of the American Scientist podcast, using mathematics to discover and possibly put an end to gerrymandering. I'm Robert Frederick. The subject of dividing things fairly goes back to ancient times. I cut, you choose, is a classic solution for how two people might divide up, say, a loaf of bread. But most things that we want to divide fairly aren't so easy to split. As it happens, in some of these dividing things up fairly problems, mathematicians have shown there's no solution at all. There's this whole kind of math or economics called social choice theory, which says the system has consequences. Moon Duchin is a mathematician at Tufts University who studies how electoral districts are drawn. The electoral college system definitely has consequences that are different from what would happen if you went to a popular vote. But there are also theorems that say no system has all the properties that you want. And so I think there's a really interesting moment to look uh, systemically at the way we do different levels of election in the country and to think about changing the rules to comport better with the ideals that we want to have in place. If proportionality is a goal, we should write it into the rules. That's because our system in no way was designed to produce proportional representation, says Jonathan Mattingly, a mathematician at Duke University who works to quantify gerrymandering. Which begs the question, if it wasn't designed to produce proportional representation, what would the outcome be for a given map with a given set of votes typically? Or more, more importantly, if you had a certain set of votes, what would be the typical outcome if you had drawn non-partisan maps, ungerrymandered maps? That question, it turns out, is really hard to answer mathematically. And there's also the question of following the law. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 makes it illegal to produce electoral maps that discriminate by race. Of course, sometimes minority communities are still split up by electoral maps, but if doing so would affect the results of an election, the practice is called minority vote dilution, says Matt Barreto, a political science professor at the University of California, Los Angeles. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 has provisions which ensure the protection of the minority vote. Specifically, the Voting Rights Act prohibits districting plans that use racial gerrymandering to dilute minority opportunities, opportunities to elect candidates. The question is that detecting minority vote dilution can be quite difficult. These three researchers, Duchin, Mattingly, and Barreto, were speaking at a news conference at the AAAS meeting in Seattle in February on new mathematical tools to detect gerrymandering and to put an end to it. I also spoke with each of them separately. Again, Matt Barreto at UCLA, about another dimension to the racial gerrymandering problem. If the community is large enough in size to command a district, 
that is, they could potentially win up to 51% of the vote in a district, then the Voting Rights Act, separate from the uh, redistricting that happens every 10 years, but the Voting Rights Act of 1965 suggests that we should attempt to draw a district if a group is large enough in size to influence a district. And so that's where you then have to go into the ground and you have to talk to uh, stakeholders. You have to look at all sorts of uh, voting results and vote returns to see if the group will be cohesive and vote together. If they aren't, if they're too fractured, uh, then the district won't perform. But vote together on what? Federal elections for congressional seats? State legislative elections? There's no one map to rule them all. And it's a bewilderingly complicated problem mathematically, particularly because not everyone votes in every election. So I asked the panel if compulsory voting might help, meaning everyone has to vote, as is done in Australia, for example. Well, in terms of gerrymandering... With compulsory voting, it gets worse. Again, Moon at Tufts University. Because it gives you greater knowledge of who will vote, and so a greater ability to precision engineer your districts. But, Duchin says, it's definitely a problem that math can help solve, to spot gerrymandering when it happens and to help eliminate it, at least when there's political will to eliminate gerrymandering. When I started thinking hard about redistricting, so I started working on this pretty full-time in 2016, and at that point I thought, oh, this, is, this must be settled, math. In fact, I thought, I'll just find the best book on it and teach it. And then the more I got into it, the more I was like, wait a second, uh, this whole area could really use some more uh, research-level math. Uh, thankfully, there are people already working really hard on that. Anne Duchin herself has been researching ranked choice voting, where you don't just choose one candidate for an office, but rank them in order of your preference. Now, specific procedures vary by jurisdiction, but the idea is that the candidate who has the highest overall preference wins the election. The problem with ranked choice, it's extremely hard to model. And even though it's taking off around the country, so uh, everywhere from Minneapolis to Memphis to the whole state of Maine now, we don't have enough data on how people um, list their preferences to, to train sort of standard statistical models. And a particular feature of ranked choice voting that Duchenne says is of interest? Particularly, folks are coming to our group and asking us questions about the voting strength of communities of color. Ranked choice is thought to be really promising for getting better proportionality. For now, overall, the mathematical approach to spotting gerrymandering that has been prominent in court cases has to do with generating lots of electoral maps. Which help you understand when one map has unusual features or behaviors. Again, John Mattingly of Duke University. And those unusual features or behaviors that's a sign that map may be gerrymandered because it differs so much from all the others generated. The nonpartisan scientific question embedded in that statement is how do you generate this large number of maps? There's been a lot of work in trying to understand interesting ways to produce um, maps using Markov Train Monte Carlo and other ideas around that. Um, this method has proven to be particularly powerful or convincing in court it was one of the basis of the Common Cause versus Rucho case that went to the U.S. Supreme Court, where eventually it was decided not that the facts were wrong, but that the case was not one that the court was willing to take up. Then it returned to North Carolina, and this fall, in two different court cases, 
all three of the maps typically used at the statewide level, the U.S. congressional map and the two maps used in the state legislative assemblies, were thrown out. And so the residents of North Carolina are voting with new maps for the 2020 elections, which started off as maps that had been computer-generated. They actually took a map and then explained every time they wanted to make a change. I have a motion. I want to do this because of this. And I like that kind of public record of thought, of justification. I liked that. What I'm against is computerized redistricting. You know, there's always going to be these questions we were talking about, communities of interest and minority, majority questions and, you know, socioeconomic questions. I think those are all important. And I think we have to take those into account to have the democracy we want. Redistricting has come a long way from getting out a state map and a pen and literally drawing districts on them, says Matt Barreto. Now there are even people working on mapping tools to enable the public to help. That will essentially crowdsource this, that will allow people in their community to report data at the community level, to report where they think their community boundaries are. Um, I've seen some you know, apps that people can download on their smartphone and then draw a, you know, a circle around where they consider their community or their district. And those then all get uploaded and merged together. And so we can actually now hear from people in the community what their perspective is. Where do they think the district boundaries should be drawn? You then do need to use the mapping software, the social science and the statistics to say, well, this is possible. This other district may not be possible. This would violate the Voting Rights Act, etc. But the availability uh, of a lot of these tools down just to the average person on the street is, I think, will be widely used in 2021, and it'll be really exciting. Some of it might be challenged because it's new, uh, but I think a lot of it will be widely used, and uh, I think it will inform a more democratic districting process in 2021. But whatever happens with redistricting, maps, better data, ranked choice voting, new software apps, and crowdsourcing, there's one factor that really can't be accounted for, and math isn't going to solve it. And the factor is who runs in the first place. Again, Moon Duchin at Tufts University. So there are efforts in a lot of places to do candidate training and recruitment. I think that's just vital. Because um, when you have more different kinds of choices, uh, you, not only can you model elections better, but you can be happier with the way that they turn out. You've been listening to a podcast from American Scientist magazine, published by Sigma Xi the Scientific Research Honor Society. For more on the math of gerrymandering, visit americanscientist.org and search for gerrymandering. I'm Robert Frederick. Thanks for joining us.